you chewing's real. Like it's real. Like right in my ears right now. That's good times. <laughs> You're welcome. All done. I appreciate done. it. I appreciate it. Just giving you a little something for the spank bank there, buddy. Hey man, if I can like if you give me stuff that I can jerk off to, then I feel like we're killing two birds with one stone with this episode. So like, <laughs> isn't that ultimately the whole purpose of the podcast? Just giving me stuff to jerk off to. I thought it was to give all of us stuff yeah. to jerk off to. Is it just, yeah. It's, Cause if it's just me, then we're doing this figuratively and yeah, literally if it's just me. We're doing the wrong thing. Like we're doing things wrong. <laughs> like there's stuff we can adjust. I think that would work better for me, but uh, you know what? Let's not get into that right now. Let's just start the episode. Welcome back everybody to, uh, dance robot dance that's the name of this podcast right it's no it's remember it's dune dune robot dune Dune robot dune right i forgot (laughs) every time so i know we don't even have any news we didn't actually have any yeah we didn't we didn't have any news for this episode and we i don't think we had any dune news on the last episode i know Uh, it's been two solid it'll be two solid weeks i mean like it's hard to say right because like we are recording this this is an awkward (laughs) one for us ladies and gentlemen we are recording this less than 24 hours after we recorded last week's episode so this is kind of like everybody's on vacation well except for me like i'm on vacation because i'm unemployed but like everybody's actually going away or doing stuff and we don't have a full crew for next week so we are yeah when you are actually listening to this folks i will be in disney world and you will get to hear all about that when i get back which yeah and we always get to hear about those disney trips baby always with the (laughs) disney trips so how was your night? Because like we talked, like honestly, we've been talking for the last like twenty four hours. So this isn't even like a conversation where we're like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" It's been a couple yeah. of days. Like, no, no, no. We recorded yesterday. We're chatting all night, and now we're just recording again. So like, this is a complete like lie. Yeah. We are lying to you. <laughs> I literally, literally, as soon as we finished recording uh, the Breath of the Wild episode, Alicia and I went off and did like a double date with these uh, with this other couple at a tiki bar in Midtown Atlanta, and. Uh, then I came home like while I was out there, Mark and I were being like, what the fuck are we going to do yeah, for yeah. next week's episode? Because everybody's out of there. And Mark was like, hey, could you watch these movies for and we can just record on that. So as soon as I got home, I started watching movies and woke up this morning and finished watching movies. Yeah, so like we, don't, we haven't done anything. Like basically all I did yesterday was watch these movies again <laughs> so that I had like a fresh mind and then was like, maybe I'll read the actual comic. Like just like maybe the last couple issues of like leading up to 75 kind of thing which I, I flipped through this yeah. morning and was like, oh, the art's better. I'll give it that much. So there's that. Oh, so what yeah. we're going to do this week is uh, just we're going to review the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman animated movies that came out over the last like year or so. Like the reign of the Superman just kind of came out at the beginning of this year. Yeah, beginning of January. And then uh, and uh, since this summer. is like a story that Tim has this like massive, massive nostalgia boner for, I thought it would be fun to kind of like watch these movies and yeah. uh honestly just let tim rant because i knew he was gonna have problems um and that's why i wanted to do this episode because i've watched them and was like these are fine they make a lot of changes that are probably unnecessary i wonder how a real purist is gonna feel about it yeah I that's my know feeling how a real <laughs> is gonna feel about it so i was like let's get tim to watch these as like kind of a bonus episode so tim tell us about the death of superman story in your mind and then we'll get into the movie <laughs> So I I think um, the first time we did like a really like comic book centric episode, I definitely recommended this story as like one of my favorite stories. It's it's the story that got me into yeah. uh, reading comics. Like I didn't start collecting comics when this story came out, but it is definitely the first comic book story that like really captured my imagination and like drew me in. It just not only because of the story itself, but the 
great world at that time in Superman comics where there were like this really awesome cast of supporting characters and there were four books that were all intertwined weekly and they all had a, a through line, but they also had their own sort of subplots going at the same time. And yeah, this is just a story. And I mean, it was a story that blew up media wise yeah. as well. Like it blew up the fucking news. And so all of that together was like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. And I was fucking hooked on it. And then like there was a gap like after that a few years later, I think so. I, I got like the initial like death and then the four issues where the, the Superman yeah. return. Yeah, like the, like the, but not like Superman, like the, the four Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then later on, I got like the trade paperbacks of Death of Superman and Reign of the Missing Superman. the Funeral, the, the little the book in between. Uh, no, that that was I think part of the. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was part of the. Oh may, no, no, it was what I had was the Death and Return Omnibus, oh, okay. the big one that had everything okay. yeah, in cause it. Because I had separate trades, so I had Death, Death and Funeral, and then the big Reign of the Superman phone book. Because that was like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fucking issues in that uh, in that run. And they cut stuff out of the one I had, too. Like yeah, there's still dense. a couple issues that were like crossover things here and there that are missing. It's the same complaint yeah. I have about the way they collected Nightfall up until a couple years ago. Like that was a very hard story to get like the entirety yeah. of because like they, it was it lasted for fucking ever and had like three different branches and stuff like that. And yeah, so that was a problem. Yeah. I had a similar like thing like my I think we've talked about this before. where like the death of Superman was kind of where I jumped on as a comic book reader, period. I obviously kind of eventually leaned away from Superman a lot more than Tim did. I got into Nightfall real bad because I was like, I was a Batman kid growing up. So mm-hmm. the the Batman's back being broken was almost as traumatic to me as Superman dying uh, when I was a kid. So, and I really enjoyed that, that, that story. Yeah. So like, this is the era where like we got into comics, I think. I mean, obviously for our age range, it probably is a pretty common answer is like the death. And yeah. DC was kicking ass at that point too. Like I was... That's what always makes me impressed because I am mean, a big time Marvel zombie, as we've talked about on the show a million times. But like, this is an era where like I was not reading any Marvel. I may have been reading X Men. Like, I may have looked at X Men at that point because that's kind of around. This would have been like the Claremont Jim Lee yeah, era. X-Men. Like, that would have been around like X Men number one. Yeah. So I was probably looking at that too. And then like Spider Man, I always kind of have an interest in. But uh, yeah, I was bet- like I was way more of a DC reader early on because of Batman, obviously, than I ever was. Marvel at the time. It's just that I eventually yeah. flipped because Spider-Man and Wolverine are awesome, basically. <laughs> so I moved over a little bit more that way, especially with the X-Men in the 90s. Like That was like the big book that everybody was reading. So I kind of leaned into that. Yeah. But you know, I have, a, I have a particular like nostalgia for this, but not to the extent that Tim does. So <laughs> Not to the extent that the, the major tattoo, the one major tattoo shield, I have yeah. is uh, of the bleeding shield from the cover of yeah. Superman 70. So uh, this, this should be fun. So last year they put out Death of Superman. Now, this is all based in the, the kind of, and that's funny because the continuity of these, there actually is a, a mild continuity to these movies. That you're, pro- you're probably missing the context of now because they have been kind of. I've yeah. seen some of them. Yeah, I've seen some of the recent ones. Where where did I? I think start? War was the last one I really remember watching because they do they did they've adapted certain stories, but then like kind of shoehorn them into this new Fifty Two style of stuff that they have, which isn't even like a real. Is that even in the comics anymore? Like, this isn't the comic book world. Is accurate? No. Now we're in like Rebirth, which has sort of elements of the new Fifty Two. Like they kept yeah. it was sort of a soft reboot yeah. kind of thing. So a lot of this character dynamic is just exclusive to these movies now. Like that's where like this new 52 stuff has continued to exist. But this is them taking a 90 story mm-hmm. and retelling it in a new 52 way with a modern Justice League, which which gives, gives Tim problems, problems and like kind of worked for me in a, in 
at least in a storytelling way, I was like, I'm, I'm much happier with if Doomsday is going to take out a Justice League, it'd be the real Justice League to justify the threat of Superman dying. Because like the second stringers getting their shit kicked in was not didn't really indicate to me the threat level of Doomsday when it's like, hey, if we could be. I mean, there was still a Green Lantern on that team. Guy Gardner is barely a Green Lantern, Tim. (laughs) Barely a Green Lantern. There are a lot of people that would fight you on that. I'm not a big Guy Gardner guy, but there's a lot of people that uh, love fucking Guy Gardner. Yeah, that's fine. But he got punched out with one punch by the bat. So fuck Guy Gardner. (laughs) Yeah, Batman Batman sucker sucker punched him. (laughs) (laughs) I know he punched him back eventually, but you know. It was still like 20 years of real satisfying Guy Gardner fans getting their shit beat in by Batman fans because he did sucker punch him because he did mouth off too much. You don't mouth off. The he bat. did. Don't mouth off he the did. bat, you dumb shit. <laughs> Stupid bowl cut wearing idiot. Anyway, was he even wearing the proper Green Lantern ring in that story, though? He was wearing that yellow ring, wasn't he? Like the Sinestro. Uh, no, no. I think he was still. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if he would have if he had Sinestro's ring at that point or not. I think he was. Yeah, I seem to remember the art being yellow, but like that's just that could be. Me being weird. No, no. I'm looking at the cover uh, for that run, and I'm pretty sure that he was still in the green uh, jacket at that point. Fair, fair. I don't know. I don't remember anyway, because that's also like, so that Justice League was, do you remember who, who's on the team? Because I, I made fun of Maxima earlier. Uh, it was Dan Jurgens and Rick Burchett that were drawing it at that point, but that people really identify that era of, uh, and then and then um, Dan uh, Jurgens and Breeding later. But people really identify that era of Superman. That was sort of post that wahaha like Booster Blue, Keith Giffen, and Jan yeah. Mateus yeah. era. Well, that's what, like that's the team that I kind of like. That's how I recognize that team is kind of the Giffen like that that team. Yeah. So they started that run, but by this point, Jurgens had taken over uh, writing on it. Okay, that explains why they get lumped into the story so heavily in the comics. When I wouldn't mm-hmm. have, I would have assumed that that team, if I was the Superman team, I'd be like, I don't really want to use that Justice League because like fuck that Justice League not the real justice yeah. league it's a lame justice league that's literally like the worst justice league lineup i've ever seen like i it's oh no fucking justice league detroit yeah but that's like way that's worse like, like the early league. 80s that's justice league detroit i mean like if a real justice i mean league it wasn't book, it was still called justice league of america it's just become called referred to as like justice league detroit in in you know sort of comic book history kind of terms see i don't remember that that line that was like vibe and gypsy and martian manhunter was like the leader of that time oh. team it's very much like the uh justice league that they've pulled on from the for the flash series oh yeah yeah that's true because they had vibe they've that's got true. cisco that's they've true. got they they have the, the gypsy right. character and yeah stuff even like that, that that's a lame justice yeah. league too but i mean that's tv budget reasons i can kind of understand that it just this is a funny story to me. Like I remember the comic being a funny story to me because like this yeah. is the Justice League that gets the shit kicked out of them by Doomsday, and it's like this total like I didn't know who any of them were when I was a kid reading the story. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? These are the Justice League. That's weak sauce. Where's Batman? That's what really confused me. I'm like, where's the real League? Like, where's the Big Seven? Yeah, that was a cool like. If you read that Justice League title past that story, like obviously them getting their ass like getting fucking beat down had like serious repercussions in that book and really made them sort of, you know, come yeah. to the realization like, oh my God, like we're not ready for this kind of thing. Like we're not ready for prime time sort of thing. And, and uh, I think it's yeah. ice ends up uh, in a coma for quite a while afterwards. And there's that whole guy Gardner and ice romance angle as well that played really heavily into it. And yeah, I don't remember. I don't think I ever read the, the just like, it makes sense. That's a good story angle for them to go with. Like that actually makes a lot of sense to me because it's not very soon after or not very long after that story either where they would reboot justice league right like that's where 
Morrison kind of takes over. Uh, well, no, like a couple, like Mor- the- Morrison was ninety seven. Yeah. Was uh, so three or four yeah. years after this was. Yeah. Which is pretty close when you really like. You'll go in twelve yeah. issues, like kind of a year. So yeah. Yeah, like this. This series went, I think, until a uh, hundred something, uh, and then, yeah, and then it was ninety, like late ninety six, early ninety seven, where you had that Grant Morrison, Howard Porter, yeah, Justice League big run that everybody loved. Yeah, great run. Either way, let's uh, let's move over to these movies now because I'm want to get into this. So these movies are DC animated movies that are these ones are funny because they're not produced by like Bruce Tim or like the guys that I usually associate with this production kind of group. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's the DC known as the DC animated movie universe, yeah. apparently, which started with Flashpoint. Yeah, like twenty and uh, twenty thirteen, and I have watched some of these. Like I think I'm up to about. Um, I think I've watched Batman versus Robin, which was twenty fifteen. So I'm like a few years behind on them. Yeah, I and I pick and choose with these a lot. This one confused me when they brought it up because they, they, I wasn't realizing they were going to lump this in with that new fifty two, like whatever that. And I wish they had. I kind of wish they hadn't in some ways too but like for what they gave us i'm like i'm kind of fine with it but like it causes a lot of weird shoehorny issues that we'll get into when Mm -hmm. we get into it but like for for context i guess um this is the second time they've animated adapted the death of superman story there was originally a 2007 adaptation of this story called superman doomsday which was one movie and kind of really skips over the reign of the superman stuff you basically get kind of a an amalgamy cyborg eradicator yeah. kind of character thing that, that was not no weird. that was really it was really weird i remember watching it and being like i don't know why they did this this is kind of dumb but like fine whatever because like usually the the real impetus for this story is like the doomsday fight and then the rain stuff is kind of forgotten like his return is kind of forgotten so usually the death that they really emphasize on yeah but so just for context the Death of Superman, like this new one we're going to be talking about this week, is released in 2018. So it's about a year ago they released the first part. They just released Reign of the Superman in January, like Tim said earlier. This one stars Jerry O'Connell as Superman, along with kind of like the standard cast for this version of the Justice League in the animated universe. So the cast at the top is Jerry O'Connell as Superman, Rebecca Romaine as Lois Lane, Rain Wilson as Lex Luthor, who I fucking hated. <sighs> I hated him. Yeah. So bad. But then, like, I love the Justice League because, like, Rosario Dawson, the Wonder Woman, is amazing. Nathan yeah. Fillion as Green Lantern yeah. is, like, my favorite fucking casting in the history of time. Yeah. Like, he's so good as uh, Hal Jordan. Yeah, it's that cocky bastard version of Hal yeah, Jordan. Yeah, I think Christopher Gorham is the Flash. or And then Shamar Moore is Cyborg. Jason Omar is the Batman in this. And actually, he does a decent job for a Batman. He's not Kevin Conroy, obviously, but, like, I don't mind him for what little he has to do in here. Yeah. Eventually, we'll get into the rain cast later because there's like 500 more people we need to talk about. But right now, the <laughs> yeah. main league is kind of like, yeah. So Christopher Gorham is the Flash and Arthur Curry is played by Matt Metlanter for the three lines he has in the entire movie. So there's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I thought it was funny, though, because Jennifer Hale's Ma Kent. And I was like, wow, she's very young to be playing somebody that old. But all right, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Who is Jennifer Hale? I know she's a voice actress. Like She does a lot of work kind of in this. Okay area so yeah yeah so all right let's uh let's do this i don't know how we'll, we'll do, talk about the death first and like i kind of want to get tim's overall impressions of this jennifer hale voiced shepherd yeah. in uh Mass yeah Effect. she's a christy yeah. this uh, we have something in this episode for you christy yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in an episode right. that would be filled with things that christy would hate to listen to probably <laughs> yes jennifer hale from mass effect is in this so 
so yeah, so we'll just kind of do this the way we normally do it. So we'll start with uh, just general thoughts. So Tim, explain to me how you felt. Well, first off, before we get in too deep, I will say I watched these on DC Universe. I got the service. I've, I'm paying for it now. I just went ahead and got like a year subscription because I'm going to use it like, uh, you know, Doom Patrol's on there and I've been watching it on there. The next season of Titans is going to be on there. That Swamp Thing series and everything is going to be on there. All these animated movies are so. Yeah, they got to get that thing up here in Canada because like I would like to subscribe to that also. Yeah, and they're they're constantly adding new comic books to it as well. And they've got, got a pretty good selection there. Death of Superman, sort of overall impressions. It started, well, it's just a really weird mix of familiar and foreign to me because there are parts of this story that really feel like home, like the supporting cast surrounding Superman and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And then it's really jarring for me to have that sort of big seven Justice League in it instead and to have it be like this new 52 design of Superman and to have lex play so heavily into the story and shit like that so it was it was i was really being felt like i was being torn in two directions on this i felt like they got doomsday right pretty well for the most part at least until we get till the end of rain and find out where the fuck he came from isn't that like don't they haven't they retconned him into being like an apocalyptic thing at some point in the comics or is that well i mean I, there might have been versions at this point like he's been made and cloned and stuff like mm-hmm. that various times because this is a 25 year old character 25 year old story yeah. but originally well, i was gonna get into this later but i can get into it now uh originally doomsday's origin and they don't even tell you this during the story basically all you know about doomsday is he was buried in this like field in the yeah, in this box in a field in the middle like in middle america or something like that uh, and had looked like it had been there for years and years, like, you know, a, a hill had grown over, you know, had formed over top of it and everything. And he's just this fucking force of nature that wakes up, escapes this box and goes on a fucking rampage across the country to Metropolis. Yeah. It's not until three or so years after that you actually get the origin story in a really good book called Superman Doomsday Hunter. Prey. Oh, I remember that. Um, he was Kryptonian. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. He was. Yeah. So he was made. He wasn't. <sighs> I don't know if he was actually Kryptonian or not. What happened was he was made on Krypton by, I think, maybe an alien. This is like before civilization had even arisen on Krypton. Right. And so... Comic books, guys. Comic books. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's, you know, like millions of years in the past kind of thing. Mm. And he was made on Krypton, I think, maybe by Kryptonian scientists. It's been a while since I've read it. But uh, they would throw him out into the wilderness in, at this point in time, like, Krypton was like this really harsh wilderness and had like feral creatures on it and they would tear this being apart and then they would go out, collect some of the remains, bring it back in and reclone it. And the idea was as it was cloned again and again, it became more it adapted, which isn't really how evolution works, but okay. Comic books. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but comic books. <laughs> uh, and so and so like they did this for generate, you know, thousands and thousands of times until you end up with you know, doomsday that can adapt to basically any attack and is able to tear apart these feral creatures that it's being constantly thrown to and, uh, and torn apart by. So, and then they're like, okay, now what do we do with this thing? And it kills them, but it has that like subconscious memory of being tortured, made by and abused and killed over and over again by Kryptonians. And so ultimately that's why it goes after Superman. But again, you don't know that until no. like three years later. And I love that about the doomsday character is that it is just this, 
it's the perfect foil to Superman. It's just this unstoppable, unreasoning force of nature. Whereas he's this, you know, moral sense of good and, ev- and right and everything. And so like the only thing, like he can't reason with it. He can't stop it. The only, like he's left with no choice, but to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that story always worked for me when I was a kid. I feel like it's just, I think the, the amount of hype that the story gets always kind of like turns me off from it. Cause I'm like, it feels like a good comic book story until you start talking about like how important everybody seems to feel like it was. And then I'm like, it's still a good comic book story. I mean, Batman's back got broken that year and then he was fine <laughs> like a year later. And like really <laughs> Superman was up and walking again within like 18 months of dying. So, yeah. but it was also, it was the first major death in like of a really top tier mm-hmm. character. Like, you know, these days people will like quote unquote kill off a character and you know they'll be back in like three months or something like that but at that time like killing off superman was unheard of like yeah. it's like oh my god a big iconic character like do? that dying in comics at the time was was pretty unheard of yeah a lot of like yeah we'd already buried gene gray by then like gene was dead and had probably come back at least mm-hmm. once by then but that's not really yeah and i mean we'd had like stuff so yeah and the Barry Allen Flash had died That's in, true, yeah, in Christ Crisis. on Infinite Earth, and that was pretty big, but there was still Wally West kicking around and yeah. stuff like that. So there was still like a Flash around. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, this movie was just, it had elements to it that I was like, yeah, I'm super here for this. But then there was stuff that I was just like, no, this feels completely unnecessary. Like I said, like they're trying to shoehorn shit in that shouldn't be here. And like, I get that they're trying to make it into this like ongoing universe, but parts of it just did not work with the spirit of the story overall. So I'll leave it at that for now. Sure. Um, well, let's start, let's start with like, man, we'll just get into it, man. Cause like, what did you not like really <laughs> like about here? Like, what were your problems? Like, that's what I'm curious about more than anything is like you had issues where I was like, I'm just kind of here for the ride. Like I'm okay with it. And like your big thing seems to be like having the big seven in there. Throws that you was, off. That was a big part of it. I'm really curious as to why that is a problem for you. Because to me, it makes Doomsday a bigger threat to take down the real Justice League. Like, I appreciate, like, everybody being fans of that Giffen era of the Justice League. But, like, if you're going to show this team to get... Sorry, if you're going to show Doomsday to be that big a threat and he rips through a bunch of B-listers, I'm like, yeah, okay, great. But if you want him to show show him to be a real threat and he takes down the Flash, Green Lantern... Wonder Woman and like Batman is at a complete loss as to what to fucking do. That makes him seem scarier to me, like at a base level. Yeah. I mean, and I do see where you're coming from. It's just, I have a real soft spot for that era of, of the justice league. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's just tricky one. Part of it is just the dissonance of seeing this story, which, you know, I associate with that early nineties era with like the all those new 52 character designs and stuff like that was just jarring okay took me out of it a bit and part of it too was like they were trying to make it like it even when the justice league is part of it they are basically there in this version or in the original comic book just to show what a threat doomsday is and how quickly he can tear them apart yeah but here they're trying to make it into a justice league story and i i, I, I could see how as a superman fan that is a problem for you but like in terms of how big a threat Doomsday is supposed to be, it makes total sense for me to be like, oh shit, the whole league is involved here. And I'm and fine with that, but like... Out, and then get fucking ripped apart, and then it has to become the Superman sacrifices himself story, which it really kind of is. Yeah, and, and I was okay with that part. It was just more of the more of the little character moments and stuff that they were trying to give the Justice League, when I was just like, no, just fucking step back all those characters. Like, we know who they are. They don't need any character development in this mm-hmm. movie. 
just let me see Superman, let me see him interact with those like familiar supporting cast members, which were what made this era of stories so great. Yeah. Um, for me. So I think that's going to be one of those things that would be lost on a modern audience, regardless of whether it be like the people making the movie or whatever is like how great that supporting cast was at the time. Like it's kind of a lost mm-hmm. era of Superman where like you don't, but those characters are so like a lot of those characters that we think about in terms of that nineties era, like even the cops like Maggie Sawyer and Dan Turpin and like the, the expanded cast of the daily planet where you actually have a cat grant. that's an active character and all that kind of stuff in the story. And Alex Luthor mm-hmm. that, is an obnoxious piece of shit like he is in this movie, like who's actually like a decent Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the supporting cast of the Superman books at that time being like really cool. And I do agree that I would like to have seen more of them in this. Yeah, and not not just that, but more of the backstory of the different of the four different characters that end up becoming the replacement Superman as yeah. well. Like uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more of them. You know, they, they see, didn't really seem very fleshed out in Death of Superman. And then we're just like, and now they're Superman. Okay. Well, I mean, Not like as invested as in these guys as I could be. Yeah, I mean, that's the limit of the. I feel like that's kind of a factor of like this is two eighty minute movies as opposed to I want to say like five years of comic book storytelling where like you were getting a book <laughs> a week kind of thing. Like there was a yeah. lot of density in this story considering just like this publishing schedule of the Superman books in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Meant like this story lasted what two years, kind of overall from like the death to him being yeah, resurrected, something like that, or a year and a half or something, which yeah, is twenty four issues long. of one book times four. Plus extras and like they added books to this and like there was all kinds of one shots and shit. shit Yeah. So there's like got to be hundreds of books in here that you could draw from. So there's only so much you can do in uh, say 160 minutes or something like that. So, yeah. But I mean, even just in terms of the supporting characters, they did really feature like obviously Lois features really heavily into the story, but I'm just so sick of these stories where they're tiptoeing around like Lois not knowing Clark's identity. Like, just give me a fucking story. And that in the comics, like Lois had known Clark's identity for a while at this point. And at this point, that's such a known entity. And like, it's part of the zeitgeist now that like they're couple, they know each other's secrets and everything. And so I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I just want a story where we can start out where, like like what we got into like into the spider-verse or something yeah. like that right you're getting a real like lived in universe where there's a lot of uh stuff that's just given right off the bat that everybody knows is given it's funny because i actually had like into the spider-verse as we're recording this has just kind of like leaked or shown up on digital so like i was able to watch it again this week and it's still probably my favorite movie of the year but um there's a lot of beats that are kind of similar like the the spider-man dying early on in the movie like has a very similar beat to like when superman dies and everybody's looking at their cameras and that was when I was like, man, I really wish they would spend just like maybe like a million dollars more per of the on these movies. Just so the animation, because yeah. I remember looking at the Spider-Verse stuff. I'm like, even the fucking bullshit scene of like people looking at their cell phones, realizing that Peter Parker has died. Looks yeah. fantastic. Whereas they do it in this one. And it's just like static shots that they are slowly panning across the frame. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God damn it. This looks cheap. Or that one person that was recording the Doomsday fight on a fucking Blackberry. Yeah, I was confused by it. <laughs> Lots of things. Like, when the fuck is this movie set? Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. Especially <laughs> considering, like, Batman's got basically, like, an arsenal that, like, rivals Iron Man's in this movie. So I was kind of thrown by, like, where everybody's supposed to be at power level-wise. So Oh, don't fucking get me started on how long, like, Doomsday takes out, like, Flash and Green Lantern, like, nothing. And then Batman fucking lasts, like, five minutes against yeah. him. I'm like, nope, I was nope. Yeah, I was like, I love Batman. Like, nobody loves Batman. Believe me, but I was like, um, 
you should basically be fucking pizza right now because there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> you should be able to get away from Doomsday twice and then get fucking yeah. plastered into a wall. Which, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they really made him out to look way better. He should be like, I'm going to the fucking watchtower to organize and like find more people to fight this thing, not like get into the fight myself. That's not yeah. what a smart Batman would do. So that, that was <sighs> actually then... my biggest problem with the movie, I think, except for. I do find fucking Rain Wilson is Lex. Oh God, no! Rain Wilson is Lex. That's that's an entirely separate conversation. Mm. I wanted to go back to the uh, Superman Lois relationship. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking creepy when you watch this movie without the con, like without context of knowing like the whole Superman love story. She doesn't know he's Superman, and she's basically like I fucking Superman while she's dating Clark, and he knows, <laughs> and he knows that it's going on because like she pulls him into the fucking closet and is about to like bone down on him and he's like he's talking about like picking up some tights for their weekend yeah but he's he's totally like you totally get super hot whenever you see him like should i get jealous and i'm like that's so weird like the dissonance there (laughs) where like he's like he knows she gets all fucking frothy when she she sees him in the tights so he goes to her in the tights and then bumps into her five seconds later as clark knowing full well she's Mm -hmm. gonna be all hot and bothered and get pulled into i'm like this is weird i don't know what is going on this superman is weird it's like Superman returns level of creepy weird shit going on here. But yeah. So that was a little weird, but yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that actually that romance plot because like up until this movie, he'd been like New 52 involved with Wonder Woman and they broke them up off camera. Like they were involved in the last movie still. Mm. And they oh, just Okay, broke so them that's up. why they have that moment in Yeah, Rain so it's like shoehorn. Yeah, yeah, where where uh, Wonder Woman comes in and they have that conversation that's kind of awkward and Wonder Woman's like, oh yes, we used to have a special connection. And Lois is like, yeah, what? I didn't know about that. Yeah, because like every movie up until this point it had been like the Superman Wonder Woman. Oh. Uh, and see, yeah, like I just would have much rather have had this just be a standalone than them trying to shoehorn it into this continuity that I don't think anybody really gives a shit about. <laughs> this yeah, it's weird because like they're trying to shoehorn in some old stuff like this 90s Superman story and then like mm. But if they're trying to do it in a modern way, which means they had to like quickly adjust and be like, hey, we've been doing this like Wonder Woman Clark thing for five or six movies now. We got to stop it real quick. Introduce a Lois Lane that nobody really knows yeah. and make them seem like they're believably in love, which I was like, eh, I'm not really buying this quite yet, except for the fact that like you can tell Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell have some kind of chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Because they're married, like they actually talk to each other like a real couple, which I thought was I okay. They're but... married. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not always reminded of the fact that Jerry O'Connell somehow managed to score Rebecca Romaine and it's just in, like insane. Like it just does. It baffles me still to this day. Sliders. A, yeah. Yeah, man. Right. Like the sliders guys with like with mystique. <laughs> it's fucking mystique. Yeah. Yeah. How does that fucking work? Like, <laughs> shouldn't she be with like Hugh Jackman? I mean, like if, if Hugh Jackman were straight and, you know, not married to an older woman that probably appeared anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Rain Wilson. And that sucks because I like Rain Wilson generally, but he's just not a good Lex at all. I was that was what I said. I remember seeing that I was like, oh, Rain Wilson got cast. I'm like, oh, he's he was really good as Harry Mudd. And like I like Rain Wilson when he shows up and st- I don't never watch The Office the whole way through, so I don't really know oh, he's great what his character is like in that. I know his character's annoying in that, which I was like, that makes sense to me, because this Lex, he's not even like cool evil. He's like, you're a douchebag. He reminded me. Yeah, like he reminded me of the Jesse Eisenberg one where he's just like kind of obnoxious all the time. And I was like, oh, this yeah. sucks. 
this is a shitty Lex. No one's ever going to be Clancy Brown voicing Lex like that. Clancy that Brown's is my man. definitive voice actor for Lex. And so, yeah, Rain Wilson was just not, not, not good at all. And I, it was also weird for me, again, to have this story. So for those of you that haven't read the original story, technically the Lex Luthor in this period is like son of Lex Luthor. I say in air quotes because it's actually Lex Luthor, but he's just cloned himself a younger body. And so, like he's with a lion's made of red hair. He's this so Australian guy with the, yeah, with uh, who's supposed to be like Lex's long lost son with this huge mane of like red hair, and that's and they at least like pay homage to that when uh, Lex has the disguise early on yeah. in the first movie, and I was like, okay, and like I you know I get why they had to do that, but again, it was just one of those things that that's so ingrained into that story for me is that version of Lex that it's jarring and it takes me out of it a bit when I don't see that. I also like the because uh, that was a point where they had the Matrix Supergirl working with yeah Lex, so like they actually have excised her from the story. When we get to Rain, kind of that I actually thought they did really well. So we'll talk about that when we get into the next movie, though. Cool. What else did you have? What else do you have a problem with? <laughs> so you've just reread some of those lead up stories to mm-hmm. the Doomsday story, where there were those super iconic panels where it's like Doomsday is coming, and all you see is like his fist. Yeah. hammering against the wall of the box that he's imprisoned in. Why the fuck couldn't we have had that instead of like, oh, he's in Atlantis. Like we just needed to fucking shove Aquaman in here for a couple of scenes. Cause those are super iconic pages and panels. And- I agree. Like I really like that, but it, it only works if you're building it up. Like if they were going to redo this, if you were going to have a new justice league show and you were going to do this story, you would start doing it three or four episodes ahead of time and just start showing yeah. this fucking fist bashing at the wall before the credits roll on the episode. Right. So you yeah. keep doing it, but it's just a movie. So they're like, we got to get all these people in the place. So we're going to do what movies do, which is make one inciting incident that causes every fucking problem that would have in the comic story come from 5,000 different places and then had to like kind of coalize yeah. around the doomsday story as opposed to wait, doomsday crashes Kills Hank Henshaw and his family, driving him yeah, into the hands of Apocalypse. <laughs> yep. Hits the ocean, kills a bunch of Atlanteans, therefore immediately getting the big seven Justice League people involved, like Aquaman's mm-hmm. there immediately. And then Lex is involved the whole way because he's tracking the monster from like its crash till whatever. Whereas in the story, he doesn't really become aware of it, if I'm not mistaken, until like it becomes part of the news. Like, yeah. And he's fighting with Supergirl to not go help Clark kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of the main point of their story. But the way I think that they do it is you that's your cold open for starters is one of those shots of him like, you know, giving three or four punches to that to the wall of the cage. And then every like five minutes, like you just intersperse it between scenes and do it how they do it in the comics where you can see slowly that his uh, the, glove, the glove is, starting to, is yeah. Yeah, starting to wear off. And then, you know, when it's you know, when we hit like second act is when he like escapes yeah. entirely kind of thing. And then along with that which I really liked, which is probably admittedly nitpicky. I really liked that he takes down the entire Justice League in the comics with one fucking hand still tied behind his back. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, that is the thing. I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't sure why they got rid of that because, I mean, they, they sent him to Earth. such a good story point. Yeah. Yeah, where he's that powerful. I don't think yeah. it would be believable for this version of the League to get taken down by something with one arm behind his back. I think that works with that kind of B-list team. Like, I think that's fine for that team, but I don't think you take down the Green Lantern, the Flash, and Wonder Woman with a beast with one arm behind its back. I don't Mm -hmm. mind it starting the fight that way, but eventually, especially when you start pouring that much power on, you're going to start destroying those restraints. 
I did find it funny that like all of the attacks from everybody else didn't really destroy the suit, but for some reason, Batman's explosives were able to rip the suit open. Yeah. Like, guy, oh my god, if he's that powerful, he should be able to just take the goddamn thing down. So, like, yeah, yeah. Ugh, every time, every time, Bat God, man, Bat God. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, so. So you're probably getting the impression that the majority of the stuff I didn't like about this movie was in about like the first like half. So from then on, I was pretty happy with it overall. All right. Well, there you go. Then let's get into like what you're happy with. So, I mean, the crux of this movie is the Superman doomsday fight. And that was done really well overall. I agree. Yeah. It was brutal. It was fast. It was relentless. Get that little like glimmer of concern when Supes realizes like he's bleeding and was like, shit, I'm in trouble. Which is one of the best part of the comics. Like probably my favorite scene in the comic is when he realizes, like, I am bleeding. This thing can take me out. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's me and it. And like, we both have to go. Like, I have to take it down regardless of the cost. Like, that's that moment in the yeah. comic, too, which I like. And they played it pretty nicely in this movie. So, yeah. And the one thing I did like about having the, you know, sort of classic Justice League lineup in there was Diana versus Doomsday was pretty good. Yeah. I like that, too. Actually, I like the fact that they actually got her to throw down. She held her own for long enough to get like clerk there kind of thing and like in place to where he gets involved in the fight so i'm trying yeah. to remember who lasted the longest on that in the original fight i feel like it was maxima and bloodwind kind of like bloodwind yeah bloodwind who's martian manhunter martian yeah. manhunter manhunter in disguise which makes sense right because yeah. martian manhunter is at like superman power level mm-hmm. as is maxima right like that's why she lasts so long yeah yeah and there were some moments of that fight that were taken straight out of the yeah. comics, which I liked because that is like one of the most iconic fight scenes that there's ever been in comics, yeah. uh, especially the way that they did the last few issues of the fight where one issue was four panels per page. The next issue was three panels per page. Then it was two. And then the, in that last issue, every panel was a splash. Yeah. Like that really helped to hype up that intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, those are especially those old pages. Those, uh, those are old Stan Jurgens pencils and Brett Breeding's inks, right? Or Brett Breeding's finishes, I think. In Superman, it was Jurgens and Breeding, yeah. uh, it, but it depended on the title. The um, well, I'm just thinking about the splash pages because I just like that art. Yeah, uh, like Superman seventy five yeah. seared in my brain. Like as a as a penciler or an aspiring penciler or a failed penciler or whatever you want to call me, <laughs> I remember the art in that book was like a huge, huge deal to me. Like it was, I to this day still one of, like some of my favorite uh, Superman art um, is from yeah. those splash pages in seventy five. I would like to yeah. get my hands on some of those like original pieces at some point. I'm sure they are <laughs> fucking expensive. Crazy as fuck. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. they're super expensive. Like Dan Jurgens is my favorite Superman artist and was for a yeah. long it might still be actually my favorite Superman artist ever. So Yeah. But like the stuff where the there were like the shockwaves causing all the windows to yeah. shatter and stuff like that, that really helps to add like that gravitas to the fight. And the, when they're in the Hall of Justice, when they both punch each other right in the face, yeah. like that's taken straight from the comics too. That should have been where the fight fucking ended. Mm-hmm. Like they both punch each other with like their very last blow kind of thing, yeah. and they're both down. But then they fuck. You got to shoehorn in that lowest romance. You know what I mean? You got to do the Batman v Superman story, well, which is like, yeah, you could have him there, like laying, you know, laying there, like on his deathbed, like dying breath kind of thing. But yeah, but instead we have. Superman doing a fucking Linda Blair on Doomsday, which I was like, ah, that is cringy and not animated well. And I definitely, and I've mentioned it before, there is definitely, and like from a technical standpoint, like they do not spend a ton of money on these movies. And like you can see some of the sequences, like the fight up until that point is actually pretty well animated. Like you can tell they dumped a little bit, like they emphasized, like get this fight to look good. 
But then like that last shot was so poorly done that I was like, I wish you had mm-hmm. just done it the way You're... it happened in the comic books. Cause that looks like yeah. garbage. Like it looked like yeah. garbage. <laughs> I like the idea. I like, I like, I like that idea of him like just throwing himself with everything he's got, like, and killing yeah. him that way. I just yeah, wish one blow. they had drawn it better or animated it better. Cause it, it, <laughs> that really took me out for a second. Where I was like, Oh God damn it. Well, it's also calling back to one of the things that um, so many people had complaints about in Man of Steel, where he breaks Zod's, Zod's neck. neck. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Why are you just going to remind people of that? <laughs> See, that's one of those things where I'm like, I can under, I can understand being a shitty writer and being like, it makes sense that Superman has to kill him. So like, and he's killed him in the comics. So stop whining about it, fan. Like, I don't. I never yeah. understood people complaining. Oh, no, about I never it. had a problem with that. So like that Zod kill and like him killing doomsday is what, how the story has to end. Maybe him breaking his neck like that's probably not the best way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know what else they could have done unless he just shoots the top half of his fucking body off with his heat, like the last dump of his heat vision and then collapses <laughs> or something like that. I don't know what you do, but yeah, I would have at least been like, can we get that redrawn by somebody who knows how uh, anatomy works? Because that's not how a neck <laughs> does things when you break yeah. it. Well, actually, uh, Doomsday, I don't think, actually has any bones and shit. Well, I guess he does. But, like, there's times later on where they show him getting, like, sliced in half, but his body just, like, is plasma and reforms or something like that. But that, I guess that's supposed to be, like, part of his adaptive power. And why does he have bone spurs on the outside? It doesn't make any sense if he has yeah. bone spurs on the outside and not I agree. have a skeletal structure inside. It'd be like Wolverine being made out of fucking goo <laughs> and then still having claws for some reason. Like, it just doesn't make... Yeah. It doesn't track logically. Yeah, I, I thought that they did a good job on that that Doomsday character design mm-hmm. overall. I mean, it was a little scaled back compared to the comics, but the comics design was so intricate that there was no way they were going to be able to animate that. My minor gripe is I miss the like uh, bony like grating that he had over yeah. his eyes. I thought that that added a nice touch to the character that they didn't have here. But that's they've always taken that out ever since. Like, I it's very rare to see that stuff reincluded into a des- like a Doomsday design post the original. I've never seen those. Like I always used to like those when I was drawing them as a kid, but like, yeah, I've never seen them done again. Cause I guess they don't make a lot of sense. Like they're obscuring his vision. Like it makes no fucking sense that they're there whatsoever. But like, it was a cool visual to have like these weird gnarly, like bone spurs, like gouging over his eye and stuff like that. Yeah. What else? I, I did like, there were a couple little homages throughout it that I really liked the, um, you've got me, who's got you mm-hmm. callback when, where, where it's role reversed, where Lois is holding Superman up when he's beat yeah. to shit instead of it being, Superman flying with Lois like in the 78 Donner movie and they also had like little easter eggs like they make reference to Lori Lamaris who was a mermaid that Superman dated in yeah. high school and shit like that and talked about her like being a catch and that was shit. probably my and favorite was, like, nice my nod. favorite like bit of like Lois and Clark relationship nonsense in this movie was like her meeting mm-hmm. his parents and then them telling that her Lana Lang and then the joke about Pete Ross and then like the Lori Lamar's, but yeah. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. I like that. That was good. See, the the funeral I thought was done pretty well overall. It was fucking brutal when Ma and Pa Kent are at that funeral and they're not able to like get up close and like the police are like keeping them back and shit. Yeah, it was right out of the comic. I remember a similar. Actually, do they even go? I don't think they even go. No, no, they don't go. They stay home because they want to protect his identity even after the fact, and they they think that they would be at that's risk right. if people figured it out. So yeah, so they have their own like funeral. Yeah, because they're in Kansas the whole time, too. Like, they never actually make yeah. it to Metropolis. They're having to watch it all on yeah, TV and everything. Yeah. Now it's like it's coming back to me now. It's like I remember the, I remember seeing the panels yeah. while I was reading the books. of like them, they, they flash out to the to Mon Pa Kent, and it's like them sitting in front of an old box TV. And I'm like, ha, 
1991. Good times. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think overall, the movie does a good job of capturing the overall spirit and sort of emo- those emotional beats of the source material. And uh, I thought Bibbo in particular gives the story a lot of heart overall. That's a character I've got a massive soft spot for. So I was really happy. that I thought it's cool him. that they added him. I could use to like, they could have just taken him down like half a notch and I'd have been like, it wouldn't be the Bibbo character. Like I understand that's the Bibbo character, but like I was watching him and was just like, wow, this is the cheesiest shit of all time right now. But all right. Like I appreciate yeah. that. Like as a homage to those nineties comics, like, cause that Bibbo character was, he must have been Jurgens and Breedings. Like whoever was writing, like was it Roger Stern at the time? Was the, the I think Stern and Wolfman might have made. Uh, and like Mike Carlin was the, the group editor at the time. Me. I think he might have been a Carlin like yeah. guy. Like I think it was somebody that Carlin really liked using. I apologize, mm-hmm. listeners. We are deep into the weeds of like '90s comic book creator names and stuff like that. So this is a little insular, <laughs> even more so than we usually are. But this is an era of comic books that Tim and I are very very familiar with like all these creators or guys that we admire yeah, and, and grew up reading and stuff like that so and grew up with yeah um it's kind of funny sorry i don't want to interrupt you but it's almost like people who know like old fucking sports stars and shit like that you know we get into those conversations where they're talking about yeah. old leafs or something or maybe it just happens here because i'm around toronto but like if the <laughs> people who talk about old leafs and you have yeah, no yeah. idea what they're talking about this is our version of that where we're like hey remember those guys who penciled the superman books in the 90s that we loved nobody else cares about that's where we're at yeah <laughs> indeed but yeah i think like overall the last like 30 minutes or so i was pretty happy with like the fight the death they handled all that pretty well and they and then they do a really good job of teasing the return and reign at the end of uh the death of the superman movie where they've got like those little moments throughout the credit sequences where you're like okay here's steel here's metropolis kid here's eradicator here's cyborg yeah and that uh, kind of leads us right into reign of the superman so we can start from the very top again Unless you have anything else you wanted to add about death before we move along. <laughs> well, I, I didn't notice if this theme recurred in Reign of the Superman, so I'll, I'll bring it up here. Did you not notice that the fucking musical theme was an exact fucking knockoff of the Avengers yeah. theme? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, every time it came on, I kept... How did they get away I don't know, with man. <laughs> Music's weird for copyright. Like, I'm learning that as I'm doing, like, podcasts and stuff about, like, music and shit, but, like, just doing research on, like, how one minor fucking change in a melody can like cause you to lose your copyright on it. And yeah, they like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, wait, is that the Avengers theme? Why are they using the Avengers theme? Mm-hmm. The justice league. This doesn't make, I was like, wow, that's interesting. I didn't actually look who it's a bold move. Con. Let's see if it pays off for him. I don't know if it does or doesn't. I don't know. It just made me want to go watch the Avengers, I guess, or at the very least see like this done live action somehow. I don't know how you would do this story live action, but kind of yeah. did in Batman v Superman. Kevin Smith tried to. Yeah, yeah. And so did uh, we wrote a and so did Zack Snyder, and we saw how that turned out. So yeah, <laughs> those are movies I'd like to revisit one day, like as like new dance robot dance, like modern dance robot dance, as opposed to like we've only ever really talked about <laughs> Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, like in that big group. Uh that one that nightmare yeah, episode that it, we don't talk about. <laughs> the eight with eighteen people. Uh, yeah, basically just the three of us were that stuck around through after that episode yeah. too. Like none of those people ever reappeared after that. If you ever feel like abusing your ears, folks, go listen to episode number eight. Yeah, for three fucking hours. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Early days, ladies and gentlemen, early yeah. days. How far have we throwing, come since then? Throwing pains. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Throw what was your okay. question? <laughs> uh well that yeah, Reign of the Superman we're on to now. Yeah. 
See, Reign of the Superman, I had pretty much the inverse with. I really liked how it started, and then it really shit the bed for me in the last half. Okay, yeah. I kind of figured you were going to have a real problem with, like, the apocalypse stuff being lumped in with the Death of Superman. I'm so sick of Apocalypse now. Like, it, comics... I, the animated movies really lean on him hard, too, which has become really a big problem for me in the last bunch of these movies. And, like, I was so... Actually, I part of the reason why I was so excited for this storyline was because i was like oh fuck they're finally gonna go in with all this stupid dumb fucking dark side shit because that's all these movies yeah. have been about for the last like little while so like i've been kind of ignoring the justice league dark side movies and just kind of concentrating on the batman movies that come out like the animated movies because yeah. those are always like completely fucking standalone and like they're dropping yeah, yeah. often by gaslight and shit like that i'm like that's great i'm fine with that don't involve this continuity because i don't really like this batman that much anyway so yeah mm-hmm. but yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, switching out. So for our listeners that maybe haven't read their initial story, the uh, original big bad villain in the Reign of Superman story is the Cyborg Superman, but Mongol is basically the one pulling his strings. But is he really pulling the, his strings? It's kind team, of, they're kind of teamed up. No, they've really up. kind of teamed yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not really like, Hank Henshaw almost seems like he's more in control than Mongol does. Like, yeah. It's, like, he's kind of put the, the plan forward to Mongol to kind of yeah. help him out or whatever, but. Yeah, and Cyborg's sort of motivation is the same. Like, he wants revenge on Superman and on Earth for forsaking him and his wife and their unfortunate fate and everything. But Mongol wants to turn Earth into a new war world, which is basically this planet that Mongol used to rule, but that Superman deposed him from. And so he they destroy Coast City, which is where Green Lantern is from and start converting it into an engine to basically turn it into a planet that will can move and travel the universe and wreak havoc and that sort of thing. So yeah, Mongol play is the big bad in a uh, comic book version. And I just much prefer that. And also like that, if you want to tie in that, this is what I think it's a missed opportunity. If you want to tie in a massive story point for one of the other justice league members, yeah. why the fuck don't you destroy co city and have like a massive story beat for green lantern in there too. Especially cause then you get a, like you could get a movie for Nathan. Fillion yeah. Out of, out of, yeah, out of uh, crushes as uh Hal Jordan. Like I am like, they need to clone him or like CGI him young and like make a goddamn <laughs> green lantern movie with Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I don't like, He's so good in the in the role, like animated. Every time I'm like, oh man, he's like, like this is like Kevin Conroy levels of good shit from this guy. Like I love the way he yeah. plays Hal, and like the fact that they're not using him as anything more than like a beat, like a comedy beat in some of these Justice League movies. Across from like a non Michael Rosenbaum Flash, I'm like, this is disappointing to me. <laughs> so yeah, um, and they, yeah, I mean, it just it really took away from me having like, oh. Dark side is just another or doomsday is just another fucking dark side stooge that he sent to cause havoc on earth and shit. And yeah, I mean, it's just boring for me. Yeah, it was, uh, that was one of the things where like that they did change in this where I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of tired of this dark side shit. Like everything's dark side, dark side, dark side. And I feel like that's, I don't know, maybe like maybe that's just the marketing right now, but I feel like that's a lot of the way DC stuff seems to be going lately. It's like they lean, they're leaning on that apocalyptic stuff as like the big bad of the universe all the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like there are other guys, like there are other cool villains you can pull in. It's not like it'd be like if Marvel just like was always like it's all Thanos all the time. Like, no, 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 no. Like we deal with Thanos now and eventually Annihilus and then Galactus. Like there's all these other guys you can bring in. And yeah. DC's got just as fucking awesome a pantheon of like big douchebag villains that they could bring in but they're like yeah always dark side man it's like it's frustrating i agree 
And let's see, the other stuff I didn't like in sort of the how they finished it off was I much would have preferred them having, again, similar to how they did in the comics, where Superman, because he's sort of depowered or not fully restored yet, ha- needs the help of the others to take down yeah. Cyborg. So in the end, it's really like a joint effort between Eradicator, um, like the Metropolis Kid, and Steel. And Green Lantern and to a certain extent. Sort of semi-powered. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of end up taking down Cyborg, and I really yeah. like that that element of that story. And here it's just Superman. Oh, let's give some give him some sun, and now he's fine. And because like yeah. they make a big point of how depowered he is in the comics, and I was like, I was trying to remember how they re-empowered him because that's the one thing I, I didn't go look at the rain stuff because I didn't have three fucking weeks to read all these comics again. <laughs> but like, if I remember correctly, it's the Henshaw dumps the power core of Coast City's like engine city. They call it at that point, which is which runs on Kryptonite. which runs on Kryptonite. But he hits the like the Eradicator dives between them and filters the power and like reduces, yeah. which is post crisis Superman like gives that Superman his uh, powers back that way, and that's kind of yeah. what causes him is powers to start freaking out along with the um the sun going out like not too soon after that causes the no that's that's years later but that is what causes him to uh, he does the electric shit is kind of a cause of that isn't it or they blame this eventually yeah yeah that is part of it yeah and and also the fact much closer after this he ends up like super overpowered and like growing to grotesque proportions and stuff like that to the point where he's a danger to everybody around him so he has to like leave out into space it was only like maybe a four or five issue arc or something like that but they call that back to here where like he ends up getting way too overpowered or his body can't regulate the amount of energy that he's absorbing there's like no limit to it which is interesting because in the other uh my my personal favorite death of superman story all-star superman that's how they kill him in that he's overexposed with solar energy and his body can't handle it anymore and like starts yeah, to kind of like eating basically itself. starts to eat itself because of how powerful he is at that point. So, <laughs> which actually is a um, a um, more interesting to me is a more interesting death of Superman story because it's a not a monster he's fighting. It's like his own body has failed, like his own powers are killing him, and he has to yeah. solve that issue, which makes it a more Superman-y story as opposed to kind of a punch fest. But yeah, I like, I like both. So like I'm kind of they both have their I'm, own places. It's sort of an apples to oranges it is, yeah. comparison because there's such different tones it is very much i just think it's interesting that you can tell both those like the character is so cool you can use like you can tell both kinds of stories where you can get him into like mm. this massive punch fest against this monster doomsday or like do the same kind of story where he's dying but make it be like a more philosophical story like all-star superman is like it's a cool paradigm that the character can create when you write him properly regardless of whether you write him as a superhero punch fest or superhero philosophy subject like Grant morrison did in that story so yeah yeah absolutely well we're talking about this this movie so like the one thing i did want to point out <laughs> i was more of a continuity question i have for you was the eradicator a hologram in the comics that was weird to me yeah that that one was a little bit weird but no eradicator was basically originally a program that was whose purpose was to preserve kryptonian life right like preserve kryptonian life and like keep the kryptonian bloodlines pure and stuff like that and then originally took over the body of a human i can't remember the name of the human but who's like a, a professor or scientist or something like that and that's who that eradicator character becomes so he's an actual like physical yeah. person uh, I remember him having like an actual body. I will say though, the Eradicator costume design in this movie is a better costume design than the current like Superman, like no trunks Superman costume. That's not the current. The Rebirth brought back. Does the he have the trunks, trunks again? And like I said, that's 
Yeah, I, I don't like that. Really, I didn't really like that Superman design. Yeah. But that's one thing that they they did nail the character designs for all four of Superman, the uh, yeah. the Superman replace Superman. Replaced. I actually think like if I was going to go back to that new fifty two, like if they were ever going to go back and be like, no fucking like we want to get rid of the trunks again, the piping that they used on that Eradicator, I'm like that's the answer to the no red like not enough red on the suit, like that worked perfectly. Yeah, I'm like yeah. oh shit, that's your answer. You figured it out. Uh, and you put it on the Eradicator yeah. in a shit movie. Good times. You could have used that as an actual <laughs> Superman costume that would have worked really nicely. But no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they nailed all of those those character designs. And I thought the characterizations for all four of those uh, replacements were spot on. So I was happy with that. But again, like that's all like yeah. first half of the movie kind of thing. I did. The only one that I was kind of disappointed in was I missed the comic book origin of Steel where he was just like a. Uh, construction worker that was yeah, very yeah. like Superman saved him at one point, and so he felt he owed a debt to Superman, and then he ended up buried in one of the buildings that collapses during the yeah. Doomsday fight, and then he's drawing really heavily from that like folk hero mm-hmm. John Henry story and stuff. You know, John Henry yeah. is a steel drive man and makes the armor and everything. And yeah, I understand it's not super believable that this like construction worker could make this high-tech armor or whatever but i was willing to overlook it he was a weapon like he went into construction if i remember the backstory of the character he had gone into construction after having been a weapon developer for like years and years or something like that and like his backstory in the man of steel comic because they kind of the books kind of follow the individual superman so like the man of steel book followed steel um, at least a few issues for a little while yeah and so they had their own they each had their own little back plot and i thought his was actually the best of the bunch of them because the other ones were kind of like they were kind of leaning on the cyborg you're not really being sure if he was Superman, but like he was probably the closest one that you could believe what actually was Superman aside from the eradicator who was just killing everybody like mm-hmm. often. And then like the kids fucking annoying regardless of which, <laughs> but, but he is in the comics too. Yeah. But he's super annoying. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I like, eventually you end up loving the Connell character, right? Like he becomes like an awesome part of the, the universe and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like at first it's just like, Oh Jesus this is so nineties. And I thought it was kind of funny, annoying, but funny that they had him like watching 90s sitcoms and talking. Like yeah, he did that was in a nice comic. touch. I thought that was pretty cute. So you know who it was that uh, voiced that guy? Uh, no, I didn't. It was Cameron Monaghan, who I know you haven't watched Gotham, but he was the guy that did the Jerome Joker character. Oh, okay, cool. Gotham, nice. Yeah, but yeah, that Superboy character. I thought because he was kind of working double duty because he was doing that Metropolis Kid role, but he was also covering that Supergirl role yeah. from the initial story. Because Lex Luthor has basically Supergirl in his pocket in this story, but not and, uh, actual books. Supergirl. Like it's not Karzarel, like not the Supergirl everybody's no. like super familiar with it's, now, um, and that who would be played yeah. by. I guess you could just get Melissa to show up and fucking do a voice if they really wanted to include her or whatever. But <laughs> no, it's this this version of Supergirl that has this really protracted, convoluted history, and I absolutely understand why they removed her. But I thought it really worked having Superboy in. Lex's pocket instead yeah. in that sort of role. Yeah, because he kind of floats around so that a lot more. that was an adaptation more. I was okay with. Yeah, because he floats around a little bit more in the comic, like where he's kind of, he does work with Lex and Supergirl because he's kind of got the hots for Supergirl, but then he's like with some scumbag guy and like, it's a very 90s, his story's very 90s, like. <laughs> and he's really working the uh, the media angle yeah. in the comics, like he ends up uh, working with this reporter and the reporter starts like staging attacks and stuff for him to, and like stuff for, you know. Yeah things for him to go deal with. I thought it was interesting too because I rem- I don't remember him having heat vision in the comics. Maybe that's just early on. I think they give it to him eventually, but I remember him not having the full power set and they had he like blast yeah. heat vision in this movie and I was like, "Wait, when did that happen?" Like Yeah, yeah. That was that was a 
Yeah, that was not in the comics for sure. And speaking of voices, do you realize who it was that voiced uh, Hank Henshaw? That was, um, oh, God damn it. Uh, The actress's name is Patrick Fabian, but it's the guy that plays Howard Hamlin in Better Call Saul. Oh, that's right. I knew I recognized the voice. Oh, good call. The like smarmy uh, uh, lawyer in Better Call Saul. I love, fuck, we got to do that episode sometime. When's that that show come back? God damn it. (laughs) And that, you're talking about that sort of, Lois not really knowing if the cyborg is the real one or not. That scene on the balcony where they have their little exchange, mm-hmm. like that dialogue is taken almost verbatim from the comics. And I do like when they do that sort of stuff, like, hey, that this worked really well. Yeah. Let's just keep it all in there kind of thing rather than let's fuck with it for no apparent reason. Yeah. Or like, cause we're trying to shoehorn in some like more Batman stuff or whatever, like that they kind of do. Yeah. And, although like, I do like the way they, it's funny cause they like write out the justice league in this movie, the same way they kind of write out the justice league in the original one. Cause like they sent the justice league off into space yeah. or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken in the comic. So, but not before in the movie, Wonder Woman and Lois have their little interaction where Wonder Woman talks about not being very touchy feely. And I'm that like threw off fucking alarm bells for me because Wonder Woman's usually portrayed as this like super compassionate character Mm. and like the pinnacle of like hope and love. And I'm like, what? You're not a very like emotional person that is absolutely not the diana prince that i know it's not the diana prince that like anybody know i thought it was a weird yeah it was a weird pull i don't know where they cut where that came from anywhere like i know they've kind of played the wonder woman character like like that in these movies but not to that extent where she would just be like this is awkward i want to talk about it like all right yeah i forgive a lot because i really like rosario dawson's like doing that voice so because she's yeah. really great yeah. but yeah all there's right. there's some weird characterization problems yeah. with some of the <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least with Diana and uh, and Lois to a certain extent too. Like I was like it, everything feels so rushed. I was like I don't know if I really believe any of this, but I mean it's a cartoon. So what the fuck am I complaining yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the one thing I thought that they treated really well was the the misdirection and like tiptoeing around like the whole Kal-El is unavailable right now. He's undergoing the radiation treatment where they're like showing you the yeah. Eradicator and making you think that that's who the the robots at the fortress are talking about whereas actually they're talking about actual kal-el and the birthing matrix or whatever yeah. ship and everything yeah the which they kind of do in the comics too like they use that to um yeah. kind of subterfuge which one is the real one too right like they, uh, there's a couple times where like you would lean into like oh the eradicator is probably the real one like if you're a fan and like reading the books you're like well he's at the fortress that's gotta yeah. be the real thing right like it doesn't make any sense that like they would just pick up some random body and call it superman so that must be his actual body yeah. and then it's like where'd the fucking cyborg come from because they're saying kryptonian tech like they do a really good job in the comic of like obfuscating which one of them of those two at least are the real deal yeah because um, yeah. it's obviously not fucking yeah. john henry or uh connell well the John Henry one, they say, like, maybe it's a reincarnation yeah. or something like that, or like a walk-in yeah. spirit Which I'm like, kind of thing. I'm like, where... they were like, reincarnation? Nope. I'm like, he's 38. <laughs> How the fuck is he reincarnated yeah. into a 38-year-old? I don't understand. <laughs> or more like that, that, yeah, that he's possessed yeah. by the spirit of Superman or something like that. And I'm like, no, I don't think Superman is going to go out possessing some random dude. Like, I just don't think that's going to be something that, like clark kent's spirit's gonna do in the afterlife i think he's gonna be like yeah i'm not yeah. gonna torture this other human being with my fucking personality destroying his or whatever that it makes no fucking sense whatsoever yeah. and then the kid's a clone that's like <laughs> half superman half lex luther so it's obviously not him but the other two like you they spend a long time you can be like i don't know which one it could be either and then they kind of red herring you and be like it's yeah. neither ha 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 suckers yeah yeah 
it was interesting how because in the comics you don't learn until years later that superboy has lex's dna in him as well it was interesting that they just jumped that right into this uh, well, I think it was just, I think that's just shorthand because like otherwise Cadmus is like yeah. an entirely separate thing they have to explain because he's not, they're not really involved with Lex in the yeah. comics, right? Like that's a separate government organization or like quasi government organization or yeah. there's so many of these fucking things. I did like that, like they had a little bit with like, as much as I hate this Lex, like Lex and the Star Labs head, like butting heads about like t- claiming the yeah, corpses yeah. and stuff like that. I thought that was like, cause they did that in the comics yeah. and I thought it was very cool. Cause they eventually Cadmus yeah. has to steal the body to get to like clone whatever. Like there's like huge subplot about them stealing yeah. the body and like the body getting returned and blah, 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 blah. Before the eradicator yeah. just fucking scoops it up and takes it to Antarctica anyway. So yeah, <laughs> the only other like minor gripe I had and the, well, this is just sloppy writing. Do you notice like in the beginning when we get the intro to the cyborg that like, the country was like n- trying to nuke the fucking like country next door to them. Who the fuck are these idiots that are trying to like nuke the next? Country I don't know. I, was, uh, I, I, I did notice that. And I was like, why are they? It's a missile. I'm like, <laughs> this is I'm not like, going to go gonna well die from that. radiation. Like actually you might get hit by the shockwave. It looks like those countries probably aren't real big. It looks like it's like state to state basically. Right. Like it's a tiny little thing. Be like, yeah. be like me. Be like if North Korea, like fucking nuked South Korea or some shit. I was just going to say, it'd be like if they dropped the nuke in like South Korea, then the North Koreans were the ones who did it. Like that would, it would kill all of them like all of korea would die at that point yeah, along exactly. with like 14 other countries that are adjacent to them so <laughs> yeah. like because that's a tiny little yeah it was that was a really weird little pull but uh and i don't know why they did that because like in the comic he disposes of the doomsday corpse like that's how they introduce the character as like, yeah he threat, throws, like, he throws him into space and yeah yeah so which like i actually think is like probably one of the best visuals they had with the cyborg mm-hmm so like I don't know why they got they did away with that. I mean, it's, unless they're deciding they're going to be like, hey, we're going to bring Doomsday back and like do another fucking movie because why not? Like mm. have him be some villain they fight later. Yeah, but that I remember that visual being really cool in the comics where after he mm-hmm. throws him off into space, you see him like laughing, stra- yeah, laughing, strapped to that asteroid or rock or whatever it is. That's yeah. a really cool visual too. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that because it finally gives you a hint that Doomsday is not just like a fucking mindless killer. Like he kind of understands that like yeah. well in the comics he's as he's going towards metropolis he's like muttering or whatever yeah like starting to learn how like read and like learns metropolis, metropolis and superman yeah. and stuff like that and that's because he is being drawn there because there's a kryptonian kind of thing and you got to figure eventually like adaptation means like you're going to have to become intelligent enough to fight somebody as smart as superman is supposed to be so like he's not going to be able to just be a mindless brute every time he fights yeah. this thing like he has to learn something kind of thing so yeah later on there's a story where brainiac actually possesses and controls or i think somehow transfers his mind into the doomsday body but i don't remember it being a particularly good story so that kind of like you could do a cool story with that but like you'd have to do it right so yeah, yeah it's tricky yeah but yeah i mean there's there's good stuff and there's bad stuff in both of these and it's it's definitely a better take on these stories than that fucking superman doomsday atrocity yeah oh yeah yeah. that was a mess total mess but there's still a lot of things they could have done better i think and i think there's definitely like this is definitely a story that you could like they're gonna revisit this you know we're gonna get another one of these in a couple years and they might be more accurate might be less accurate it might be 
I don't know. Who knows? Like they 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 seem to lean back on this one. I just wish they would do like a Nightfall one of these things now. Like we're gonna keep leaning on the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. Show me fucking Nightfall. Like I want to see that story too. Yeah, because I feel like instead of going to Nightfall for the big and like the night quest. And- yeah, but like I feel like instead of doing that, they always they're always like, oh, we'll do Hush because if you want to do the big like super That's what villain doing next. Yeah, exactly, right? But they, because they, if they want to do a big supervillain orgy, which is kind of what Nightfall becomes up until yeah. the breaking kind of thing, everybody's like, no, let's do the Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee story. It's kind of more popular, even though, I don't know. Like, it, I feel like Nightfall requires less context to just start the story than that one does, because there's just way more shit involved. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Especially because you got to introduce J- uh, the whole Jason Todd thing to make hush have any kind of real impact versus like mm-hmm. nightfall hasn't there been a like, red hood in, in there's been a red hood series? yeah um it's actually one of the better ones batman versus the red Hood's one of the best ones but that means he's already alive yeah. again which takes the shock of him like when he shows up in hush if it's an incontinuity story it should make no difference to this batman because he'd be like oh yeah he's already alive like i'm he's part of my team now so like oh no that's not in this continuity though not no in it's this, not like yeah it's, no it's what they're doing like a completely separate and if I'm not mistaken, they've got Kevin Conway doing the voice on that, on the Hush one this time. So I might be wrong about that. Uh, uh, no, Jason O'Mara, I think. is. Oh, so the same guy as this one. Okay, cool. I don't mind. Like, I don't mind this Batman. It's just not, it's not Kevin Conroy, which is always going to like, as shitty as it is, like it's always going to take a notch off every other Batman because it's going to be like, oh, he's good, but not Kevin Conroy. So, boo. yeah. Yeah, apparently it's going to be Jason O'Mara, Jerry O'Connell, and Tara Strong. I don't know who Tara Strong is going to be. Harley Quinn, usually, unless she does. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Row, but like, it's probably Harley. She usually does. Yeah, Harley. probably Harley. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she did her in the uh, Batman Harley one that came out last year too, because she's been doing it right, since right. Sorkin kind of retired from the role for, uh, a couple years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. That's. Uh, Death and Return of Superman. Did you have any, well, I mean, Reign of the Superman and Death of Superman, the, the animated yep. movies, and our kind of thoughts on how that worked out overall. Do you have anything else you want to kind of get into? Yeah, just the comic. Go, go read the comic book stories. Don't bother with these movies. I would just read the comic story because it's a classic. Uh, yeah, and if you don't, I mean, it's if you have like two weeks to get through all of these comics because there's a lot of reading, but... And I think most of it is on DC Universe because, you know, they're trying to put on stuff that like complements the animated or like the video media that they've put on there so they've got like all kinds of this era of superman on there they've got like doom patrol and teen titans and stuff like that on there a lot of the classic runs from those so yeah that makes sense cool is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get the fuck out of here we call it a week this week no i think that's i think that's enough dance robot dance for this weekend oh man it's uh, it's a lot of dance robot dance for this weekend so um, <laughs> for us anyways yeah it is for us uh hopefully you guys enjoyed it but yeah so we're, we're gonna get out of here i'm not gonna do geek cred or geek of the week or any of that kind of nonsense we're just gonna talk about <laughs> superman bitch about superman more than anything i guess and then uh call it a week so check out the movies and then like join the conversation you can come chat with us on uh, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can also message us on twitter at drd underscore podcast or email us your thoughts at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com um, if you haven't already please subscribe which you can do via uh, whichever pod catching pod catching app you prefer on apple podcast google podcast stitcher <laughs> uh and now spotify so i guess thanks for listening i've been i'm mark this is dance robot dance say good night tim Good afternoon, Tim. Whatever, man. I don't know. Don't fucking don't be semantic, you little bitch. Pedantic. <laughs> is it pedantic? Which one do I want to use? I don't know. 
that's that's pedantic. Yeah. Go read some Superman comics, guys. That'd be uh, a good way to spend your rainy Sunday, I guess. Well, I mean, by the time. What the fuck? I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's just get out of here. Because <laughs> it's raining here now. It's going to be three weeks before you hear this episode. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's nice to hear. Oh, is it? Oh, All right. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs>